Good afternoon, and welcome to our December 13th, 2023 Community Policing Podcast. I'm Chief Gallagher, and today with me, I have Officer uh, Nick Soley. Nick's been on in the past, and uh, he's our Community Relations Officer slash Public Information Officer, uh, but also our Crime Prevention Specialist for the agency. Um, today, our podcast is going to focus uh, more on some community concerns that we've had over the last uh, almost three months now um, with the high-end home invasions that have occurred throughout Bloomfield Township and across Southeast Michigan. Uh, Nick's here today so we can talk about what we're seeing with the trends on these home invasions, but also some tips that we can provide for our residents uh, to, to maybe deter them um, from choosing your home. Um, our past podcast, we've been talking about property crime, where we've talked about, you know, larceny from autos, uh, the majority of them being unlocked cars, um, the stolen vehicles that we've had, the majority, probably greater than 90 percent, uh, have the fobs in the vehicles, and we, and we really focused on that. But since September, we've we've been having some property crimes involving our homes and intrusion into our residence. Uh, really your domain and, and some place you should f feel secure. Um, and this group is a South American theft group. Um, we, we don't just label groups just to label. Uh, we have significant evidence to show that uh, a South American theft group is involved in these. Uh, there has been crews arrested around surrounding states who we have uh, proven were involved in some of ours back uh, last in the winter time, in, uh, I think February. Um, so we're, we don't just label uh, to label, um, but we know that's what's occurring, and the method of operation uh, over the last three months has matched that uh, across the United States and, and this group. So, um, just to get us started off, you know, uh, thanks for coming, Nick. Yeah, no um, problem. You know, and, and this has been a problem now uh, since September, but well, re reappeared in September for us. Yeah, I think it's important for the community to know that. Um, one, this is relatively new with the timeline on how frequent they are. Um, hitting us and, and committing these crimes and how they're almost back to back to back since September. Um, but it's not the first time we've had a crew like this in here. Uh, February of this year, actually, we, we had a crew very similar, um, exact same MO. They came in, um, similar crime, and that was one that uh, surrounding state did make an arrest on. We were aware of that, and the attorney general spoke on that this week, that that, that crew is in custody. Um, so that's important to know that one it's not that new um, to us, and two, that it's not just targeting us, right? These are happening all over the country in communities just like us, um, and have been going on, from our knowledge, for probably 10 years now. Yeah, and, and the intel that we received more recently from our federal partners is that they may, made their way to Michigan, which we believe, maybe a little before, but February of 2021 is what the, yeah. the thought process behind that is. And so... Obviously, it reappeared in September uh, for us, or the last week of August, um, and it was shortly after our Violent Crimes Task Force that we're part of took down a crew uh, who, that did a jewelry store uh, smash and grabs in Auburn Hills and in uh, the Oakland Mall, and they were caught in the prog uh, process, and uh, or the crime in progress at the Oakland Mall, and the Violent Crimes Task Force was able to arrest them individuals. Um, when we talk about these home invasions, um, let's talk a little bit about how we link them together mm -hmm. um, and why we're, I think there's a lot of questions that we get. How, how do you guys know that these are the, the same group of people? Yeah, and that's one of the common questions we get is, um, you know, two common questions is one, how do we know they're from South America? And two, how do we know it's the same crews? Um, 
For the first question, as you've already hit on, we have evidence from arrests and video surveillance and, and other tools that we have and evidence from our federal partners that show us it is these groups that are coming in from South America. Um, and on the second part of it is a, a lot of times we look at the MO, how they enter the house, what they're doing, the crews that they come in with, um, the type of vehicles they're driving, um, and then all sorts of evidence that actually places some of these individuals in one spot where a crime occurred, and then two weeks later, there's a commonality where they're in that exact same spot, whether that's vehicles being, um, you know, seen by witnesses or, or different types of technology, uh, we're able to put certain pieces of evidence in, in both places at once where it'd be very, very hard pressed to say that that is just a coincidence, right? Um, Another thing I think we're fortunate of is a lot of these homes that they're breaking into, it's no no secret now that they're breaking into multi-million dollar homes, um, looking for high priced jewelry, um, you know, very, very valuable items that they can carry out of the house, um, safes that contain those items. And we're able to review that video. And in some, some cases you can identify certain identifiable pieces of clothing or markings. Um, I know we're gonna show a piece of of surveillance video from multiple homes and you can see they are uh, fully dressed, covered faces, gloves, things like that, but they do bring some items that you can see or uh, the time frame is so closely you can say, yep, those two people are dressed identical and they have, you know, unique shoes or a unique bag or a unique hat or something in that nature that, that does tie them together. We also know that um, in the same process that looking at that, it's not the exact same crew, right? Um, that there are potentially multiple crews doing the exact same crime throughout Southeast Michigan, um, probably in what we're seeing working in conjunction with each other. Yeah, and, and we obviously had some incidents, and, and obviously we're careful on a podcast or, or if anybody has seen the news uh, articles or the, the press conferences that we've done over the time with uh, the Sheriff's Department and, and Sheriff Bouchard and our federal partners, that we, we have to be cautious about talking about our investigative techniques. Um, as we know, this crew does know how we investigate mm -hmm. some of the things, so we don't want to give away clues on that. And that's one thing that's probably frustrating for some of our residents when they hear, because they want to know exactly what we're doing. Um, I can say, you know, I'm one of these, we have over 40 search warrants written. Just yeah. on one case. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so there is a lot of work being done behind the scenes, um, even though maybe to a resident up front, it may seem like we're, you know, kind of stuck. Yeah, and it's easy to give a resident some information. Um, you know, but when we start getting into the real meat and potatoes of the investigation, we've already seen since February uh, when we were hit the first time how these groups have kind of evolved and adapted to our law enforcement technique, right? Yeah. So when these crews are taken off throughout the country, um, I think they will sit back and assess like, how did we get caught and what can we do so that doesn't happen again? Um, so we do need to be careful on, on what we're putting out. Yeah, and you mentioned some some video that we'll roll here um, and we can kind of show our residents or any viewers that of what's occurring. Um, and so obviously we picked videos where we couldn't identify uh, people's homes, but based on this, you'll see that the homes are, um, you know, rather wealthy uh, residences and um, their typical MO is to smash a window. Um, a lot of times they like to, to do that. They like the second story entries of a residence um, and the belief of breaking the windows is, is so they can kind of avoid um, maybe motion detectors. 
Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of times when we talk about second floor entry, what we see is a, a lapse in security, right? So we see homes that have these security systems put on, um, but as I think Sheriff Bouchard puts it best, is they're not quite layered enough. So we don't think of someone necessarily breaking into the second story. So we might not have that window sensor up there. We might not have that glass break. Um, and the piece that we're looking at right now, you can see they have some technology that's uh, actually able to disable some of these alarms. Um, I tell our residents when they call me, uh, still set your alarm. This isn't foolproof. We've uh, seen evidence in the past in several of these that their technology doesn't always work. Alarms have been triggered. Um, we've been able to make scenes quick because of alarms. So still continue to do that. But now is a good time to, to look at your system and make sure it's layered. Make sure you have motions on your second floor. Make sure you have those window sensors on your second floor. Um, if possible, have some sort of secondary hardwire security in there that doesn't just run off Wi-Fi and cellular. Um, and these safes, safes are a big one. We need to uh, make sure that our safes are in a place we wouldn't think they would be. Um, so moving them out of common areas. When I say common areas, typically it's the master bedroom, bathroom, or master closet. Getting them out of there into another area of the house and getting them bolted down. We want to make the bad guys work at trying to get these safes, right? If they can just walk in and get it. Um, we see here with the, this one, as large as it is, that it's not necessarily size that's going to deter them. Um, they're still able to get it out. They, they get the safe to a secondary location and they'll spend all the time in the world trying to get into it. And, if, um, and this one, they were comfortable there. They, they were they, comfortable. They felt they were, they were not going to get caught. You know, these are big lots uh, that back up to typically wood lines. Um, and they, they know no one's home. So they know they have time to get that out of there, get it to a secondary location. Um, but the longer we can keep them in the house, the more chances we have of, of us catching either them. catching them or them giving up on trying to take that safe, right? Yeah. So, and, and that's kind of one of the things that we talked about too. And, and we mentioned, you know, as um, a lot of our residents do travel in, in the wintertime or, or um, have a secondary home somewhere out of state. And right now is probably the best time to reassess one, Make sure all your jewelry is insured. That's that's of high value, um, or, or any item in your mm -hmm. home, right? Um, and that it's a good time to inventory it, take photographs of it for us, um, and have those things placed somewhere else. Um, if you're leaving for an extended period of time, we highly recommend either uh, bolting your safe if you can, but that that doesn't doesn't, doesn't necessarily stop, stop it. Up. But again, it will slow down yeah. delay, um, or get a safety deposit box somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now is a good time that if you're gone for three, four months in this winter um, and you have the valuables we're talking about, that high-end jewelry, um, don't just leave it in your house unoccupied, even if it isn't a safe. Move it to a safety deposit box at the bank or take it with you um, if you're going to be gone for that long. The tips that we're giving surrounding these home invasions are a little bit more unique. Um, when I go into our, our houses that haven't had any problems and we're talking home security surveys and home security uh, they're typically very easy and quick fixes. Um, I, I don't offer things that cost a lot of money. These are different. These are different. They're high-end homes. They're taking a high-end property. So the tips are different. Um, you may have to spend a few dollars to upgrade your security system. You may need to move things out of the house to a safety deposit box. You may need to um, actually look at how your daily pattern of life is. So it's not as simple as just setting the alarm and locking yeah. your doors. And I think that's important too because we're so reliant 
on Wi-Fi, on the cloud, on all of, all of that. But unfortunately, in the one video that we did saw where you pointed out that they had technology, they had an internet jammer. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and during a home invasion in West Bloomfield, they um, were, the homeowner confronted them um, again. And, not, and, and I want to make it very important. It doesn't mean there won't be an altercation, but the homes that um, almost all of them have been unoccupied, but there have been a couple where either the homeowner came home or they thought the homeowners left and then an adult child stayed home and they've just run. They haven't mm -hmm. tried to confront, but that doesn't mean, and I don't want to take people's guard down too much, um, but that it, that we haven't seen a, a pattern of violence yet. It, it, but across the country, there are crews that have been violent. The trend that we're seeing are unoccupied homes. Um, and when they do encounter them, yes, they take off. But again, no, that doesn't mean that if they get cornered, um, you know, that doesn't change. So we're still... You know, yeah. reminding our citizens to be vigilant on that as well. So those hardwired alarm systems, hardwired phone systems, um, again, if our families are leaving for the um, winter, have somebody check in your house. Yeah, absolutely. So we have the House Watch program um, in Bloomfield Township, vacation, vacation House Watch. You can go right to our website um, through bloomfieldtwp.org, uh, police department forms. There's a vacation house watch. That comes directly to me. Um, and then gets entered through dispatch. So our officers are there. Um, one of the things we're changing on that a little bit is we're able to send our officers there during the day, which is normal, walking around the house, making sure everything is normal. Um, but also we're able to add that little extra patrol at night. Um, our, our men and women might not get out of their car and walk your house at night just for safety reasons of homeowner comes home early or which we've neighbors had. see it. Yeah. Um, but we are paying a little more special attention to those homes that we know are unoccupied um, during the evening hours and getting patrol cars in those subdivisions and streets. Yeah. So one of the questions uh, that we get is, you know, kind of, and what we found together really um, is that after we got hit in September, it was again, kind of, it, it refreshed ours, right? Cause we got hit in, in, in February. Um, but we had only had a couple in, in Bloomfield Township at mm -hmm. that point. Um, and so as these have increased, I think we're up to seven or eight now since September 1st um, in Bloomfield Township. And even, I mean, we're, we're looking at December 13th, but we know for a fact that on December 12th, um, Rochester Hills was, was a target. Um, and so this is a pattern that's occurring across Southeast Michigan in communities that they would consider wealthy. What I think we need to stress to our residents is one of the questions we get is how are they targeting homes? Yeah, and that's a tough question because we don't know. And I'm not gonna sit there and, and lie and say that we have, right. we do know, we don't, we have theories. Um, we've worked out those theories. We've, you know, I think one of the things that we always harp on is our collaboration with other Oakland County police departments and, and the sheriff's office, right? So we have constant communication with all of these other departments that are also being targeted. Um, we haven't found a connection yet on quite how they're targeting these homes, but we know when they are targeting a home and they pick a home, they're doing their homework on them. Yeah. Um, they're studying patterns, they're they're taking a look at the house. Um, and several of our homes, I mean, they've broken into windows that lead right into that master bedroom where the jewelry's at. So they're not wandering the house looking, they're very efficient um, yeah. and in and out. And I, I was at a luncheon today and um, Oakland County Executive Coulter was there and he made a comment, um, and I think it's important when you talk about the partnerships, is that there's not one city in Oakland County that has more than 100,000 residents. And when you look at other areas of the cross the state, you have those big cities, a Grand Rapids, a Detroit. Um, it, and so we are, you know, I think there's 62 or 63 communities in Oakland County. And we are, in our opinion, we are very unique when we talk about that collaboration. And you know, I mean, even in your role as a community oh, relations officer, you or the public information officers, you guys actually meet and we're talking 
all sorts of agencies that come together, down to Northville Township, to Livonia, um, where we created those partnerships. And I think that's something important right now as well, is that when these began occurring, it became very apparent to an Oakland County Sheriff Detective Sergeant who handled the other ones that he had heard about ours and he reached out right away saying, hey, I think this is gonna be tied to you know, these types of home invasions. And so that, just that was just the beginning of our, of our collaboration. Yeah, so I think um, a few of the things that I've read online, and um, sometimes I get a little too involved in it, right, is we waited too long to announce this task force. Um, with that, I say we, we did it. Um, as soon as this started occurring, uh, for us back in February, we immediately started talking with the Oakland County Sheriff's Office and other locations that have been hit. When these reemerged in late August to September, uh, that, that communication was still there. So there was a constant flow of information in and out with our partners in Bloomfield Hills and uh, the county and all these other departments. Um, we just kind of made it more official, I think, with the sheriff's press conference of the, the task force itself. But uh, we never stopped working together. And it didn't take a task for, force for us to come together and start working and sharing information. Um, but, you know, it's not just here, right? So you have members of the Detective Bureau. Uh, myself, we're members of uh, different intelligence uh, bulletins that go out where we're seeing this exact same MO across the country mm -hmm. and the agencies across the country are now working together to try and identify some patterns and um, suspects and things like that and any new information or technology that they're finding. So. Yeah. And so our press conference with Sheriff was on December 4th. If any of our viewers or, or uh, listeners did not know, hear or see it and they want to research it. Um, and, and during that time, um, we do know there was probably 67 different um, police officers, detectives, chiefs of police, lead investigators, command personnel that, that responded or, or came to that press conference. And out of that, there was about 33 agencies who, who signed up to be part of uh, this task force. And what we were finding, and, and you're right, when, when we were collaborating, it was you know us in Oakland Township and Bloomfield Hills, because when they first hit, that's where the target was. Yeah. Um, but as it spread to West Bloomfield and Farmington Hills and the city of Franklin and back over to Gross Point, we realized there was a lot of duplication of work, right? Um, because not all the time do we know what's going on in Gross Point. So the task force was created, and, and again, just this last weekend, we saw the you know the benefits of having all those extra manpowers as we were able to gather some intel and some leads. And while some of them didn't lead to arrests, it led us to other um, information that were, could exclude it from being part of part of these. Absolutely. So. Those are, I think those are important. Again, so December 4th was that, and the task force is up and running. And you know, and I know we're, we're contacted daily on this. I've probably yeah. been on the phone at least you know four or five times just today. Um, and whether they're two-minute phone calls just to say, hey, this happened, or we heard about this. Um, and it, it's a benefit to all of us that that happens. So um, I don't know if there's much more to add to them at this time, uh, other than we, we are well aware of them. We have every resource that we have, that multiple communities have working on these, um, trying to protect our residents. And that's, we, we feel an obligation to do so. Yeah, it's, um, you know, this crew I think has consumed much of our department 24 seven, right? Um, a lot of emails and phone calls, um, but with the collaboration of our departments and now the attorney general's office and the prosecutor's office, um, you know, it's nice that we can see some of them be resolved, and they do take time, right? We're announcing charges on three people just this past week, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, um, from a crime that occurred in February. And they do take time. And, uh, yeah, you know, our Attorney General's office is willing to prosecute these under a much bigger 
you know, crime than just a home invasion. Um, I know it's a horrific crime in and of itself, but to be able to lump these all into conducting a criminal enterprise and really dangling a long time of, of prison, prison time yeah. um, in front of these people hopefully can help us with, with gaining some intelligence as well. And, and we do know, and, and there's some frustration. We've talked to many investigators throughout the country who, you know, I don't want to say their state doesn't take it seriously. They see it enough, um, and they've, it's been targeting them for so much longer than Michigan that um, it's almost become, I don't want to say an accepted standard of practice, but it, it, the, their mentality becomes uh, just another one. Yeah, it's an and everyday so call for them. We... I'm hoping we never get to that level, and I don't think we ever will. Um, and, and as a county, and I, I, I don't even want to say county, as Southeast Michigan, um, the collaboration that we have, and with our prosecutor's office and with the attorney general's office, we're, we, we do want that high felony, maybe a little term from coming here and say, you know what, we don't want to mess around in Michigan Absolutely. at all, um, because we're, our attorney general, if we can't go to our Oakland County prosecutor, can lump, you know, West side of the state and the Southeast Michigan yeah. together and, and charge these crimes. So, you know, those are advantages. Um, so I want to thank you for being here. I just kind of want to recap for our residents um, some of the, the methods of operation that they're using. Um, again, we're seeing a lot of second story entries. That's not always the case, but a lot of second story entries or master bedroom targets. Um, we do know that they're using internet jammers, which can take down Wi-Fi cameras and or the internet to the residents, which then can you know, alter the alarms. Um, if you, so our residents need to know to stay vigilant, look out for our neighbors. Um, if you see something, call us. Um, if for some reason you're, you have a, res, a household and your internet never goes down, normally we wouldn't say call the police. But if you are a resident that has, a, you know, a multi-million dollar home or a very large home that butts up to a golf course, a woods, equestrian trails, something like that, and the Wi-Fi is just never a problem and all of a sudden became one, that's something we now want to kind of be alerted to. Um, and just trust that when we make contact with individuals in a neighborhood that we are investigating them to the fullest. I know we, we had some conversations this week and some frustrated residents about, you know, um, us coming out, speaking with individuals who we deem to be completely legitimate um, to be in that neighborhood, um, and their frustration is back at us. I accept the frustration because they're worried about their, their stuff at their home. There's no problem there, but just I want them to be confident to know that we are um, investigating it. And even if we can't find something at that moment, we're doing things behind the scenes um, to, make, to make this work. So um, we will keep our community updated as much as we can and our surrounding communities. Uh, we are very, very active in these investigations, um, and we won't, we won't stop until at least we catch a crew. But again, we want to stress this past weekend, um, or I'm sorry, two weekends ago, we believe there was two different crews hitting Bloomfield Hills and Bloomfield Township that ended up meeting up for a reason. Yeah. Um, and that is the frustrating part is that, you know, we have great success a lot of times taking down a retail fraud crew who's hitting the same area or a home invader who's targeting just condos because there's, we usually can solve those quickly. These ones are, are more frustrating, but we're not going to give up. Yeah, and they're in and out of the state of Michigan so quick, and you know we could take a crew off tonight and have the exact same home invasion later in the weekend, right? Yeah. So um, just constantly keep working them. And then on, on top of that, the other crimes that we have in the township, with, with it being holiday time, um, our retail frauds, we're starting to see it. We just came from a, an arrest of a retail fraud over $1,000 at right, right two different stores across from our station. Um, unfortunately, uh, for whatever reason, I'll let you jump to the conclusions there. Around the holiday time, we see an influx in, in retail frauds. So uh, the busier the store gets. So we ask that you be vigilant when you're out there as well to our community. Right.
Well, again, thanks, Nick, for coming. I'm sure um, I know our patrol officers are uh, taking this as a challenge to, to take off uh, one of these crews and, and make some arrests so we can prosecute them. Um, again, the, our SEMCAP is what we what we call the task force through Oakland County, the Southeast Michigan uh, collaboration, arrest and prosecute. And that's what our goal is, is successful prosecutions of these individuals to hopefully deter them to come in here. So again, I want to thank our residents for viewing our podcast today. Uh, it's December 13th, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks and update these if, uh, if they continue. Thanks, Chief.